Welcome to another edition of the one and only podcast known to the world as Sean's Sports Show. Yup, this is episode number 162. I'm in a great mood as the Dodgers and Boston Red Sox just finished game three of the 2018 World Series. Uh, the game went over, man, it was so long. It went it was over seven hours long. It went over uh, 18 innings. The Dodgers uh, won it after 18 innings. So just crazy long, the longest World Series game in Major League Baseball history um, by time and by innings. So it doesn't get longer than that. Just so happy the Dodgers won. Uh, now it's a whole new series. If they lost, it would have been down 3-0. So, and then the only way to win the series for down 3-0 is to win four games in a row. So now at least they have some breathing room. They're down 2-1. And then the next two games are in LA, games four and five. So thank God. And um, but this episode number one sixty two today, I'm going to be uh, reporting and giving my take, my opinion on every breaking news story in sports, notable news story. Uh, there's not that much today, but there's some NBA stories, NFL, uh, a World Series story that doesn't have to do with today's game, uh, another baseball story. Some awards have been given out, um, a, a soccer story, and as a matter of fact, a story that has to do with soccer. In, the Sp- in Spain and the U.S., FIFA, I'm going to be getting into that. Um, that's going to be the first story of this, of this episode. But before I get into that, I just want to give a shout-out to allteams.com. That's A-L-L-T-E-A-M-Z.com. Um, if you have a child or you know someone that has a child that's interested in finding a youth sports team in whatever sport that may be, uh, tell them or you go to allteams.com. Make an account. Just tell them what area you live in, and they'll present you with all the options. This is also a good opportunity for coaches to find players. And uh, actually, as a matter of fact, I was hired as a sports article writer for this website, and I have published my first article uh, last night on a on Thursday, or actually two nights ago, since it is now past midnight uh, now on Saturday. So Thursday night, I posted an article about Manny Machado of the Dodgers, and I tied that into youth sports. So check that out. Uh, also, every uh, other episode of this podcast is available on every podcast platform that, that includes iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, anything you can imagine. Also, if you would like to help keep this podcast going, please uh, help help keep it going um, by donating whatever you can in terms of money. I pledge to use any money that you do donate for the only purpose, the sole purpose of making this podcast better for you, the listener. So just keep that in mind when you are considering uh, a donation. And um, if you enjoy this podcast episode and other episodes, please make sure to rate this podcast uh, five stars on iTunes, you know, follow me on Spotify, do all that good stuff. It is all greatly appreciated. And lastly, check out my website at seansportshow.com, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sean's Sports Show. Also my LinkedIn profile, newly updated at Sean's Sports Show. So yeah, check those out. And without further ado, let's get down to the first notable news story of this episode. So, but actually I want to say that this is, uh, this covers the stories from Friday, October 26, 2018. I'm recording this uh, at 12.40 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday. So this is about 40 minutes past midnight, past uh, Friday. And uh, yeah, so the first story has to do with uh, soccer. FIFA president Gianni Infantino has ruled out the possibility of a plan of a legal match taking place in the United States. The Liga president Javier Teba signed a 15-year agreement with relevant sports to play league matches on U.S. soil, with a proposed picture between Girona and Barcelona in Miami planned for January. However, AS's Joaquin Maroto Infantino told a FIFA council meeting on Friday, quote, I'm strongly opposed to this and I deny any permit to play the Girona-Barca game in Miami. Official games of a league must be played inside the country. 
Uh, Tebos came to the agreement without seeking permission from football's European and North American governing bodies, UEFA and CONCACAF, or FIFA. Meanwhile, Lu Luis Rubiales, president of the Royal Spanish Football Federation, has opposed the idea and now receives support from Infantino on the matter. Uh, FIFA has the authority to prevent the match from taking place outside of Spain, and given that FIFA has the final say on the matter, it seems the match will not proceed as proposed, barring a successful appeal to CAS. Infantino had previously expressed a dislike of the idea, but now that he and FIFA have taken a concrete stance on the matter, UEFA and CONCACAF, which have yet to green light or firmly oppose it, might also follow in FIFA's footsteps, and why wouldn't they? Uh, personally, at first I thought the idea was very cool, but now that I've been looking at it, it seems kind of pointless. You know, why would you play a league match of you know, the league that's based in a certain country, outside of the country, you know, t exhibition matches and preseason tournaments and things like that exist where those teams come to different countries and tour the world and play in different places. Um, but I don't think that's, they should play their league matches in the U.S. Speaking of the U.S., switching gears to a league that has to do with the U.S., it is the NBA. And uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder could not have scripted a much worse start to this season, but Russell Westbrook is in no mood to start panicking. Oklahoma City fell to 0-4 with a 101-95 loss to the Boston Celtics on Thursday. It blew a 16-point halftime lead at home behind defensive miscues and a poor fourth quarter from his leader, but he took uh, a long-view approach from the contest. After the contest, he said, quote, We're okay. We'll be all right. Uh, this is per Royce Young of ESPN.com. It's early. I'm confident in my guys in this locker room. I'm confident in myself and my abilities to make sure that we have an opportunity to win a ball game. There's no need to panic. Obviously, we're not starting the way we wanted to, but we'll be okay, and I will make sure of that, so not worried. It would be easy to point out to point the finger at Westbrook after he shot a pretty bad 5 of 20 from the field and 0 of 5 from 3 on his way to 13 points, 15 rebounds, and 8 assists, but it wasn't all his fault. The defense collapsed in the third quarter and allowed 40 points and gave up the commanding lead before the fourth quarter. That same defense failed to account for Marcus Morris in crunch time, and he drilled an open three-pointer from the wing to give Boston the lead for good with 27 seconds left in the game. Westbrook missed a potential game-tying triple on the ensuing possession, capping off a fourth quarter that saw him go, uh, that shot him shoot 0-7 from the field. Uh, also, the Celtics uh, rallied from a 16-point deficit to beat the Thunder, and uh, it's their 16th double-digit double comeback win since the start of the last season, tied with the Warriors for the most in the NBA. Uh, so Westbrook also, as I said, went 0-7 in the fourth quarter, which is tied for the worst mark in his career. He said, quote, that's on me. I take full responsibility on making sure we got to do what we got to do to win the game. We've got to do a better job making sure we close the game. So that's on me. Westbrook still had confidence after the loss, and the Thunder had have an opportunity in the immediate future to make up some good ground in the early standings, season standings so far. Ne uh, their next game, um, excuse me, here's some technical difficulties. Jeez, I don't know what's going on. So he said, um, I take, um, you know, full responsibility. He said, man, what is going on with my, I have no idea what's going on. Some technical difficulties. This does not make any sense. Um, so just please give me a little bit while I work on these technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on, but I better stop. So uh, as I was saying, uh, Westbrook still has confidence in his team and himself after the loss, and the Thunder have the opportunity in the immediate future to make up some ground in the early standings. Their next game against is against a team. Uh, their next game against the team with the winning record is not until November fifth against the New Orleans Pelicans, with four games before that. So they'll uh, look to possibly improve to four and four before they have to play a winning team again. So that's um, that's that. Now to transition to another NBA result.
LeBron James has a home win on his Los Angeles Lakers resume. James and the Lakers won at the, at the Staples Center for the first time in three tries this season with a 121-114 victory over the Denver Nuggets on Thursday. Denver's quest to go 82-0 is also over as they drop to 4-1. LeBron spearheaded the winning effort for the Purple and Gold with a triple-double of 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists, while Kyle Kuzma had 22 points, JaVale McGee had 21 points and 7 boards, and Lonzo Ball finished with 12 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, and 5 steals. They, those guys uh, provided plenty of support to LeBron. Nikola Jokic countered with 24 points and 11 rebounds himself for the Nuggets. So a huge win for my Lakers and um, very excited for the season as they are now 2-3. and three. Now switching gears to the NFL. Houston Texans receiver Will Fuller the fifth will miss the remainder of the season after suffering a torn ACL during Thursday's, Thursday night's game against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Coach Bill O'Brien announced on Friday. Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle initially reported the fear was the third-year wideout tore his ACL. And an MRI on Friday um, on Friday morning confirmed the prognosis. The 24-year-old has been has already had to deal with a couple of serious injuries early on in his career. He also missed the start of, of last season after breaking his collarbone during an off-season practice. Uh, so just can't catch a break, and I wish nothing but the best in his recovery. Now switching gears to the MLB, this is a very interesting story. Uh, this was uh, before Game 3 of the Dodgers and Red Sox happened and just finished very recently. Uh, so... Already in the spotlight in October for many reasons, Manny Machado undoubtedly will receive extra attention from the, from the Boston Red Sox on Friday if he does reach second base in the World Series, in the Game 3 of the World Series. That's because the Red Sox say they caught him stealing and relaying signs from, from second base to hitters in the fourth inning of Game 2 on Wednesday night, in which it was a 4-2 win for Boston. Quote, I wish I would have gone out there before the Asiel Puig had bad before he came up in that situation because I saw the whole thing. Dana Levingi, Boston's pitching coach, told Bleacher Report late Wednesday night, referring to Puig's RBI single in the fourth that lifted Los Angeles to a brief 2-1 to lead. David Fries and Machado led, led off the fourth with singles against Boston starter David Price, and then Chris Taylor walked, moving the runners up. That's when Machado reached second base. From there, after Matt Kemp drove in David Fries from third with a sacrifice fly by swinging at the first pitch, things got really entertaining. Throughout Kike Hernandez's nine-pitch battle with Price, Machado appeared to be giving signs and location to Hernandez through an exaggerated series of motions. As Price was coming set, Machado leading off from second would place his hands on his hips. Then just before each pitch, Machado would begin a series of motions, touching his helmet with either his right or left hand, sometimes then touching or pulling the script on his jersey afterward, and and other times grabbing or touching the thigh-slash-groin area of his pants. At as the bat un- as the at bat unfolded, Levingi remained in the dugout while Price fell behind Hernandez two and one, and then three and two before fo- following three foul balls, throwing a ninety three mile an hour fastball that Hernandez swung through for strike three. Quote: Was it a little exaggerated? Yeah, maybe, but I saw the whole thing. Levingi told Levingi said of Machado's gyrations. I, I told Boston manager Alex Cora I wanted to go to the mound before the pre at bat because I wanted to talk about some things. But when a guy gets a big punch out in that situation and a coach comes out to take a visit, I didn't want to bleep with the momentum there because David got a huge strikeout. Plus, catcher Christian Vasquez had taken a mound visit already in that same inning, trotting out for a chat with Price after Machado's base hits, but two runners aboard with nobody out. Levengi was worried about slowing Price after the lefties good start to the game, so he stayed put. Uh, from second, Machado gestured again. Puig swung at the first pitch. He saw a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, knocking an RBI single in the center to give the Dodgers their first and only lead of the series at that time. It was Machado who scored. Uh, quote, David makes a good pitch on Puig. Levengi said he jams him. Puig gets a flare. Then I got to go out. But I talked to him with some small things after that, and he got out of that inning. I had a clear point I wanted to make after that at bat because I saw Manny the entire time. I knew what he was doing. Angry with himself because he felt his decision to delay the visit cost the Red Sox. Levengi went out of 
went out after Puig's RBI single to talk with Price and Vasquez, clearly to discuss what was occurring behind Price at second base and to change signs. Quote, we had a conversation, Levinji said. I don't want to get into the depths of it, but I brought up exactly what we're ta- what you're talking about. I let it get in my way because of the strikeout. I didn't go out there earlier. I was so pissed that I didn't. Um, so that didn't really affect uh, the outcome of that game. But, man, just what a series it's been so far. Uh, switching gears now to back to the coveted NBA. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported Thursday. Uh, that Houston Rock- that the Houston Rockets are making another push for four-time All-Star Jimmy Butler by offering the Minnesota Timberwolves a package that included four first-round picks, but it doesn't appear that the deal uh, is going to get done. Per Stadium's Shams Chirinia, Minnesota has shown, quote, no inclination to jump at Houston's latest offer. Chirinia noted Marquis Chris and Brandon Knight would also uh, go to the Timberwolves in the proposed trade. Both Chris Ankle and Knight Knee are currently injured. Per five eyewitness news is Darren Wolfson. Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor revealed during the offseason that Butler turned down a four-year extension in, in the $110 million range. Taylor added in an interview with ESPN 1500 that Butler was, quote, really appreciative but believed it made more financial sense to wait until next summer to sign a long-term deal. However, Butler ended up requesting a trade during the offseason, and that went public a week before training camp opened in September, costing Minnesota leverage in a potential trade since it seems highly unlikely that he will resign after this season. What Janowski reported earlier this month that the Timberwolves and Miami Heat were closing in on a trade, even exchanging medical information. Talks fell apart, though, as the Timberwolves pushed for more in a return package. Now the Rockets are reportedly the most aggressive team in trade talks. Houston's latest proposal includes the maximum number of first-round picks permitted by league rules, as teams can only trade future picks up to seven years in advance and not deal away uh, first-round picks in back-to-back years. Houston was knocking on the doorstep of the NBA Finals a season ago, losing to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals in seven games after Chris Paul suffered a hamstring injury late in Game 5 with his team up 3-2 in the series. The Rockets lost Trevor Ariza and Luke Mbamute in free agency this past offseason, but did acquire veteran 10-time All-Star, veteran and 10-time All-Star Carmelo Anthony. With Chris Paul, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, and rating MVP James Harden, the Rockets believe Butler could be their missing piece to win the NBA championship. So... We'll just have to see, but I don't think Minnesota will end up trading him. I think he's going to leave after this season. Now switching gears to another NBA story. This one was quite um, poignant and funny. Uh, Even though Golden State Warriors center DeMarcus Cousins remains sidelined while rehabbing his Achilles injury, the four-time All-Star still found a way to get kicked off the court. Per the Athletics, Anthony Slater, Cousins was assessed a technical foul and and got ejected by the referee while on the bench during Golden State's game against the New York Knicks. Uh, Scott Foster, the referee who ejected Cousins, has drawn criticism from, from other NBA players for, for having a quick hook. For ESPN's Mark J. Spears, Cousins was giving Draymond Green advice on how to go against Ennis Cantor when Foster warned that Warriors big man for talking about another player. Quote, you can't just assume Cousins said back to Foster before he was ejected. After a win over the Trailblazers last January, Houston Rockets uh, guard Chris Paul told reporters he wasn't happy about receiving a technical foul late in the fourth quarter, saying, quote, yeah, Scott Foster at his finest, you know what I mean? He just never fails. Some of them you can communicate with. Uh, you've just got to figure out who you can and who you can't. And you can't. I got a tech tonight. I'm over there with referee Courtney Kirkland saying, that's Scott, that's Scott, and I got a tech. That's history there. He's the man. That's who they pay to see. During the NBA playoffs last May, NBA ref stats noted the Warriors were 4-4 four and four in games officiated by Foster and 33-7 and seven in games without Foster. Of course, Cousins hasn't been a Boy Scout in his career. The 28-year-old has led the NBA in personal fouls three times and has been called for 118 technical fouls in, in nine seasons prior to Friday. So, But this one seems like he didn't really do anything wrong, at least to me. Everyone has the right to their own opinion. Now switching gears to another um, MLB story. 
Boston Red Sox designated hitter J.D. Martinez and Milwaukee Brewers outfielder Christian Yelich were named the winners of the American League and National League Frank Hank Aaron Award, respectively, on Friday. Um, according to Major League Baseball, the Hank Aaron Award is given to the best offensive performer in each league. Uh, Martinez hit, had a batting average of 330 with 43 home runs and, and an MLB, MLB leading 130 RBIs during the season, while Yelich hit a National League best 326 with 36 homers and 110 RBIs. In his first season with the Red Sox, Martinez narrowly missed winning the American League Triple Crown as he finished second in batting average to his teammates Mookie Betts, who hit 346, and second in home runs to Oakland Athletics designated hitter Chris Davis, who hit 48. Martinez is among the leading candidates to win the AL MVP award, but many find it difficult to, uh, for him to be bet considered better than Mookie Betts since he's so strong defensively. Meanwhile, Yelich is the front runner to win the NL MVP like Martinez. Yelich came close to winning a triple crown himself as he finished two home runs behind Colorado Rockies third baseman Nolan Arenado and one RBI behind Chicago Cubs second baseman Javier Baez for the National League leads. Yelich enjoyed a career year after being traded to Milwaukee from the Miami Marlins as part of their kind of rebuilding process. While Yelich and the Brewers fell to the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National League Championship Series, Martinez and the Red Sox are playing the Dodgers in the World Series. The Hank Aaron Award was established in 1999. Martinez is the fourth different Red Sox player to win it, joining Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, and Kevin uh, Yokelis. The only Blue Brewers player to win the award prior to Yelich was Prince Fielder in, 20, in 2007. So that's that. Now transitioning in, into the possibly or to the last, um, just transitioning into the NBA. The Knicks played the Warriors at MSG, as I already kind of covered. So, um, Golden State Warriors star Kevin Durant turned in a dominant road performance against the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden on Friday night. Durant scored a game-high 41 points on 17 of 24 shooting to go along with 9 rebounds and 5 assists in Golden State's 128-100 to win. KD was especially strong in the fourth quarter as he outscored the Knicks by himself with 25 points. New York led Golden State by three entering the fourth, but the dubs, ex the dubs exploded for 47 points in the final frame and held the Knicks to only 16 points scored in the fourth. Uh, the game was a big one for Durant. There's been talk he could consider signing with the Knicks in free agency after the season. Uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports appeared on FS1's Undisputed this month and expressed his belief that New York will have a good shot at landing the uh, All-Star. All the stops were pulled out prior to Durant's arrival in New York, including a massive billboard outside Madison Square Garden. First, Stefan Bondi of the New York Daily News, uh, NYCADSCO.com, paid for the sign, meant to entice Durant to sign with the Knicks. It's not clear uh, what the future holds for KD, but the two-time reigning NBA Finals MVP showed Friday that he's still unquestionably among the most dynamic scorers in the NBA and one of the best players in the world. So that's that. And... Um, that's all we have for the notable news section in, uh, of this episode. We'll be transitioning into the LA sports section, starting with the uh, LA Dodgers. The Dodgers, as I covered, uh, played the Boston Red Sox today in Game Three of the World Series and won three to two. The Dodgers hit, uh, won it in the bottom of the 18th inning. Max Muncy won it with a solo home run. Just won a game. Uh, so these two teams meet each other again tomorrow or today, I should say, since it's already 12:55 a.m. Later today at 5.09 p.m. Pacific Time, 8.09 p.m. Eastern, again, uh, game four overall of the series, the second out of three games scheduled to be played at Dodger Stadium, and it will be broadcast nationally on Fox as the Red Sox look to take a commanding 3-1 series lead while the Dodgers look to even the series at two apiece. Hopefully they even the series. The LA, LA Lakers did not play today, but since, since losing their first three of the season, they have now won two straight, and they look to make it three in a row and improve to three and three as they take on the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow or today later today at 5 30 p.m pacific time 8 30 p.m eastern 
uh, in San Antonio, Texas, broadcast locally on Spectrum Sportsnet. The LA Clippers played, and they beat the Houston Rockets uh, 133 to 113. So the Clippers improved to three and two, and the Rockets fall to a pretty bad, very bad one and four. Uh, the Clippers uh, have a back-to-back game as they play the Washington Wizards at home at Staples Center in downtown LA, broadcasted locally on Fox Sports Prime Ticket. The LA Rams, who are seven and zero and first in the NFC West, first in the NFC, and first in the NFL, uh, the only undefeated team left, play this uh, Sunday, October. T- uh, you know, this Sunday at one twenty-five PM Pacific time, four twenty-five PM Eastern, against the Green Bay Packers, as they look to improve to eight and zero. That game is broadcasted nationally on Fox. The LA Chargers, who are currently at five and two and second in the AFC West, have a bye week this week, but they do continue play next Sunday, November fourth, at one o five PM Pacific time, four o five PM Eastern, against the Seattle Seahawks on the road, broadcasted nationally on CBS. The LA Galaxy uh, play on Sunday tomorrow, I, I guess you could say, at one thirty PM Pacific time, four thirty PM Eastern, against the Houston Dynamo. LA Galaxy are currently seventh in the uh, Western Conference of the MLS, one point behind sixth place Real Salt Lake, who are done for the season. Um, you know, done playing. Is that what I mean? If the LA Galaxy win, they uh, finish sixth ahead of Real Salt Lake and make the playoffs. If they um, if they have a draw with uh, Houston or they lose, then they miss the playoffs. So huge game here for the Galaxy as they close out their regular season. The LAFC are comfortably in a playoff position uh, spot, but they have something to play for as they play Sporting Kansas City uh, tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. If, LA, if LAFC wins, that means that they will finish first in the Western Conference, and therefore they will be the first um mls team in history to finish first in their conference in their first ever mls season so that's pretty notable the la kings who are very bad two and seven two seven and one on the season play tomorrow at 12 30 p.m pacific time 3 30 p.m eastern against the new york rangers as they look to snap their uh five or six game losing streak forgot which one it is and um open up a winning streak the anaheim ducks who are third in the pacific division and have lost three in a row uh, themselves like the kings Play tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern against the San Jose Sharks uh, in a Pacific Division matchup at home in Anaheim at, at the Honda Center. UCLA football, after starting off the season 0-5, they then won two straight games. And then um, they came back to reality today as they got destroyed 41-10 to by the Utah Utes, who are now 6-2, and and they are the number 23 team in the country coming into today's game. UCLA is now 2-6, and six, and they will look to make it 3-6 and six as they play the number 19 team in the country uh, next Saturday, November 3rd at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern against the number 19 team in the country, Oregon Ducks, and that game is broadcast nationally on Fox. USC football, they play tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time, 3.30 p.m. Eastern against Arizona State Sun Devils, and that game is going to be broadcast nationally on ABC and ESPN2. So that's all we have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys on the next one.